Welcome to the Farm Bits Podcast, a product of Nebraska Extension Digital Agriculture. I'm Jackson Stansel. And I'm Samantha Teton. And we come to you each week to discuss the trends, the realities, and the value of digital agriculture. Through interviews and panels with experts, producers, and innovators from all sectors of digital technology, we hope that you step away from each episode with new practical knowledge of digital agriculture technology. Hello, FarmBits followers, and welcome to another episode of the FarmBits podcast. This episode is our final episode in the planting technology series, and today we are focusing on stand counts. Stand counts are important for a variety of reasons on the farm, not the least of which is verifying planter performance and ensuring that target populations were achieved where they were intended. While stand counts are traditionally done by actually going out and physically counting plants at several locations in a field, UAV technology is revolutionizing the potential for getting high-resolution, accurate stand counts. Todd Colton, Director of Flight Services at Sentara, joins us for this episode. Sentara is an analytics, UAV, and sensor tech company headquartered in Minneapolis, Minnesota. In this episode, we discuss with Todd how Sentara is leveraging UAV, camera, and computing technologies to enable high-resolution stand counts, amongst other exciting features on their field agent platform. This episode is a great dive in how value can be obtained from UAVs in agriculture. So let's get right into our interview. So at Sotera, we describe ourselves as um, an in-season insights company. So we're, you know, it, we're definitely in the digital agriculture space and our, the focus of Sotera is taking different types of information, data, and measurements that we can make in season, um, you know, from, uh, as, as soon as the uh, seeds start dropping in the ground all the way to harvest. And, uh, and, and to be fair, a little bit before and after that as well, but sure. um, take that information, uh, aggregate it, bring it together in, in ways that we can actually process the information and use advanced, advanced algorithms that we develop um, to, to get better insights and better information about what's going on in a farm field. And we do that in a lot of different ways. Um, sometimes it's with aerial imagery from small, uh, small drones and small, small flying aircraft with small lightweight cameras. Sometimes it's from satellite imagery, um, imagery that we bring in from satellites. Sometimes that's from weather data, soil data, um, other types of uh, on machinery information, um, uh, interfacing with other systems. Uh, a big part of our business is, is, is really working with others and, and uh, other companies that have existing digital platforms, interfacing with those platforms to share and exchange information, bring all that in, um, aggregate it in a way that, that, that we can make new, you know, determine new insights, calculate new things that's going on in the field and present that information to growers, to agronomists, to advisors, um, and to, you know, I, I guess, um, companies on up the value chain inside the, the egg industry. So we are focusing on planting technologies in this series. And can you tell us a little bit more about what you guys are busy with right now? So like what kind of data are you collecting around planting or maybe the planting population counts or can you go into that a little bit more? Yeah, so we do, um, stand counts is one of our kind of fundamental, most important technologies that, that we have in terms of um, me- you know, counting plants in the field after emergence. Uh, measuring and quantifying the 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 type of emergence, the evenness of that of that emergence, um, and getting as much you know kind of ringing and extracting as much information out of out of the counting and measurements we're taking at that at those early growth stages as we can. Um, the way we typically do that is uh, in in that particular case, it's going to 
often be from a, from drone imagery. So some very high resolution imagery, close up imagery of the plants that are taken from a low flying aircraft. Um, that stand counts is really one place where where drones uh, have a natural fit. Uh, it's a, it's a natural tool to go out into the farm field and gather a lot of data in a quick and efficient and easy way that really you know can't be can't be can't be done from satellites the resolution just isn't there um, can't really even be done practically from manned aircraft all that well um, and it's and manned aircraft end up being pretty expensive um, unless you're scaling to really big volumes sure. um, but if you just want to go out and get an assessment of what's going on on your field you can do it the traditional way with a tape measure or a pole and a, and a, and a hula hoop yeah. um, and that, and that's fine uh, or you can do it in about the same amount of time, if not faster, with a little a little drone with a small lightweight camera on board, and capture you know ten times more information, a hundred times more information, sometimes a thousand times more information about your field in the same amount of time and with the same amount of work it takes to do it the traditional way. Sure. And and the and if you can, you know, at least in, in our experience when we were starting out in the early days of developing our stand count capability at Centera we kind of found that a lot of growers fell into two camps. They, there was there was the camp that said stand counts was a waste of time. It's never accurate enough anyway. Um, you know, why waste your time doing it? And then there was a camp that really believed that stand counts had a lot of meaning and a lot of value. It was a good predictor of a lot of things related to yield or just overall planter performance itself. Um, you know, how, how well is your, how well is your, how well is your crop doing? And um, a lot of the seed companies are, started focusing on stand counts as being a, a good measurement of the performance of their own seed. Right. And, and, and so there became, um, there was two camps and I'd say that more and more the, the camp that was seeing value in stand count was growing. <laughs> and, yeah. and in fact, one of the criticisms against it was more, well, it's a lot of time and to, and to get enough samples and measurements in a field, it would take way too much time to do manually anyway. So, right. so, don't don't bother. Um, well, if you can if you can use a, a lightweight, easy to fly, affordable drone, and fly that over the field in 20 minutes and and capture the amount of data that would be statistically meaningful, suddenly that's a game changer. And so that's really where we started out um, four or five years ago with the early version of our stand count algorithm. And kind of like any new technology, um, it evolves and adapts very quickly. So every year we've got a new improved version of it. We're on our, like I said, fourth or fifth, um, uh, probably fifth iteration of it now, wow. rolling out for the 2021 um, North America growing season. And yeah, it's uh, it's been a pretty interesting product in, yeah. in, terms of, in terms of how that evolves and where the value, more and more different ways we're seeing value to the, to the customer with with that type of measurement. You talked about how efficient these flights are and how much more efficient they are than manual stand counts for the amount of information that you get. How exactly do you conduct a typical flight mission for plant population? What sort of image resolution are we talking about that is necessary to really make this happen? You show up at the side of the field, you, um, you got your field boundary right there on the iPad, you swipe a button and it, and it says, oh, you wanna fly, fly for this? What do you wanna do? Do you wanna do a stand count? Do you wanna do a, a plant health? Um, mission, do you want to do a, a tassel count flight? And you choose which one it is and it'll automatically generate the flight plan for you with the optimized settings. Um, you look for any trees or power poles, <laughs> see if you want to adjust any of that and uh, make sure that the weather's good to go, do a little pre-flight checklist. And 
then you hit the takeoff button on the drone and it will take off by itself, fly over the field, fly in pre-planned pre automated uh, mission that it came up with based on what you asked it to do. If you wanted it to do a stand count, it would pre-plan what, exactly what it needed to do for that. Uh, Tesla count, it would do a different mission. Uh, uh, you know, late season plant health, it would do a whole different mission, but it would, it would do that all on its own, capture all the images, show you what it was doing live on screen as it's flying around, come back, land, um, and then you walk up to the drone and power it off, pop the SD card out, and now you got all your photos there for, to take it to the next step. So that, that whole process for a stand count mission, as an example, might be 20 minutes at the field edge, sure. typically. Um, you know, that would be a pretty typical operation, and then you move on to the next one. Mm -hmm. You had asked about resolution. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So we, we will, for a stand count flight, we like to get really nice resolution, really nice close-up imagery. Um, for corn, we'll try to optimize the V2 growth stage, but that could mean that you've got V1 plants in some parts of the field and V2 plants in other parts. Depends on how even your emergence has been. Right. And and the and we you know the the technical term for it would be ground sample distance, but really what it means is how big is each pixel in the image, and um, we refer to it as about half a centimeter per each pixel. Wow. So if you think you're pinky. Hmm. About half, you know, yeah. take, take your pinky pinky nail, about half the size of your pinky nail is about the size of each pixel on the ground. That's incredible. Wow. So it's pretty pretty high resolution, and then you know you you map, you generate the map over the field, and it tells you you know what your stand count is inside of each acre, uh, over the whole field, taking imagery like that. And what what sort of altitude do you have to fly at to to kind of make that happen? We typically fly around fifty feet. Okay. off the ground and it kind of and it, it depends a little bit on which drone you, you've got um there's a lot of drones on the market these days um some are better than others uh we centera actually manufactures some it, our technology works with a lot of the most popular drones um, but we also manufacture some custom made cameras specifically for agricultural remote sensing and specifically for this kind of work hmm. so one of our cameras we call it um a double 4k camera because it's got two 4k imagers built into it and one of those imagers is specifically designed for counting plants with a zoom lens hmm. so it lets you fly a drone at a, about 150 feet so you're above treetop <laughs> level above power line level above hmm. center pivot level um you know you're, you're up there where it's nice and safe and there's nothing to run into <laughs> and it lets you fly over the field at that altitude uh and capture imagery uh, nice zoomed up close imagery of the plants for counting and hmm. and um emergence statistics so with that type of resolution, what stage do you say you recommend? It has to be V2 for accuracy, or can you be flying it earlier than that? So, so you certainly can be flying it earlier than that, um, although V2 is, is for corn in particular, and, and soybeans, is about the optimum time. Um, if, if, you're, if you're flying it too much earlier, you might be, let's say your average growth stage is a V1 corn plant. Uh, you might have some parts of your field that are VE, it's just coming out of the ground. And I was talking about that pixel resolution. If we don't get enough pixels of green plant material in the image, uh, the algorithm is not gonna be able to count that in an automated way. So um, V2 is about the perfect time. Uh, yeah. yeah. So that kind of leads perfectly into into our next question here. And so when you think about automating this process and classifying those vegetation pixels versus our non-vegetative pixels in an image, how exactly are these algorithms working at, at somewhat of a high level, you know, to distinguish soil, uh, vegetation, weeds from actual crop plants, and also thinking about maybe even double planted plants when we're not, you know, seeing that type of singulation that we may want out there in the field? 
Right. Yep. So, so we do, um, I mean, our, algorith our algorithms work using a combination of what we refer to as computer vision and machine learning. And those are, you know, kind of geeky terms necessarily, <laughs> but, but mm -hmm. they, but they both, but they both basically both mean that we're taking digital imagery, taking that image and having the computer run through and interpret what it's seen. And, and there's a whole complicated way and how it does all that. But, but, at, at the at, you know maybe the easiest way to explain it would be it's looking for pat you know the first thing we do is look for patterns in the field that uh weren't created by nature let's say right mm -hmm. so you can mm -hmm. see all sorts of nice perfectly straight rows of yeah. of green leafy plants um nature didn't do that you know an <laughs> rtk gps driven tractor did that right mm -hmm. so right. so yeah. it, it it uh um so we so it, it finds those particular patterns it, it can go through and, and basically draw in the plant rows that it finds. And then it, and then it goes through and starts to run down those rows and say, are you a plant? Or are you not a plant? You know, are you, are you, and, and then even further, are you a corn plant? Are you a soybean plant? Are you a, are you a something else? Um, and, and, and we are, we're doing quite a bit of work actually on weeds, weed species identification, hmm. which is more, more in, in the realm of, are you a corn plant? Are you a soybean plant? Are you, are you water hemp? Are you mm -hmm. ragweed? Are you something something else? Right. right. Um, so once you find those those um, the rows in the field, you can the algorithm can run down the rows and start identifying plants and then counting them. We also know um, kind of through measuring other things in the imagery, we kind of have a good understanding of how much area of ground we're covering on the image. So you, so then you count all those plants and multiply it out and figure out how many plants you have. Uh, on that patch of ground mm -hmm. and it's pretty easy to just then extrapolate that to plants per acre right um, to get a plants per acre type count hmm. can you talk a little bit about how this is then validated how can a grower potentially see how accurate this is or when you talk about the weed technology weed identification can a farmer go in and say oh that wasn't quite correct from what i'm actually seeing can they make sure that that's all correct yeah absolutely and in fact it, you know we, we encourage it. <laughs> Go out and do your own counts. Mm -hmm. And very often we find that the drone count, the image-based the image -based count that we get to capture from flying a drone over the field is um, going to be significantly more accurate than a hand count is going to be on a full field level. Hmm. So we might go count a row and we could be plus or minus a plant on the, on the algorithm when it counts that row. But then we're going to have 10 or 12 or 14 rows all next to each other that we count inside of one image. And on average, it's, you know, the, the plus one on this row and the minus one on the other row adds up to being, you know, overall super accurate mm -hmm. compared to a human that's just going to, a human can do a great job counting those plants on that 17 and a half foot tape measure or whatever <laughs> yeah. it is they're using. Right. But they're only going to do it I mean, how many times? Six times across right. the field. And right. We're going to do that six hundred times or six thousand times, and and it's going to become a more much more meaningful average uh, at, at the end of the day. But we do say, hey, go go compare this to your own real stand counts, right? And um, uh, so so that's step one. Step two, and this is the other thing that's really really powerful about digital agriculture and taking this type of digital imagery put it in on a platform that is easy to access from anywhere, you know, from a web page or from a mobile device, from an app on your, on your phone or, or tablet, is that not only can you get that stand count number for the field, but you can pull up the map and see every spot on the field where 
we did it. We took a measurement yep. and then you can click on that spot and see the full resolution image. Hmm. And then you can zoom into that full resolution image and see every little box around every little plant on mm-hmm. the field. It's thousands of them in an image sometimes. Yeah. And you can do your own validation right there um, without, you know, getting your boots muddy. Right. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so it, it's, you know, the proof is in the pudding and we kind of give you the, the pudding right there with all the imagery and all the, all the analysis shown. And I, I think that that's, you know, we're not the only ones doing, doing this, although I think we've been at it for the longest and, and have a pretty good product out there that, that shows it. And, and in the early days, we kind of said, you know, should we show them all the, <laughs> should we show them all the plant counts? What if we're wrong? I don't know. You know, this was mm-hmm. five years ago and uh, pretty quickly we started to build a lot of confidence in the results we were seeing because, so, so now we just show you the image and you can, you can see yourself where we counted all the plants and yeah, you'll, yeah. there'll be a missed plant here or there, or there'll be a weed and right perfectly in the road that <laughs> kind of shows up that uh, gets counted as an extra count corn plant. But, um, but overall on average, it's significantly more accurate than the other ways. Yeah. Hmm. So how did, how did you go about developing this algorithm? I mean, was this all development that was done in-house or you mentioned earlier that you had some university research uh, partners maybe at, at some point? I mean, how exactly did, did all these pieces come together to form what you have today? Yeah, a lot of the algorithms that Sentara develops are developed in-house, um, although not all, but but really the majority of them are. And, and the stand count technology in particular was is 100% in-house developed technology. Mm-hmm. Um, but as we've grown, we've started formed other partnerships. Um, you know, our, our data analytics team has, has, has grown and we end up hiring a lot out of various universities around the country that have, you know, large agricultural research programs. And, um, in, in some cases we've, we've licensed some interesting algorithms that, that have been developed at certain, certain universities and brought those to market. Um, and in other cases, it's more about, you know, learning a lot from what goes on at the universities. Um, at, you know, we, we collaborate with, with some of the big land grant schools. We have joint research projects that sometimes are Sentara funded, sometimes they're externally funded. Um, and, you know, it's all about learning and, and pushing it along. But when we can find a use case that, that we think we can bring to market and it's practical, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, that's where we feel Sentara as a company, as a private company, hasn't has, that's where our place is, right? So it's yeah. how, how can we take this and build a practical tool and bring it to market in a practical way to serve to serve the broader broader community? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's really cool. And are you also getting feedback from like the farmers or the people using it? Or how are you going to continue to adapt that and make this technology better? Yeah, um, I mean, always, right? <laughs> always try to get uh, user mm-hmm. feedback, right? And yep. um, you know, it, in the early days of, of, of drones and agriculture, I, there was a lot of individual growers, and individual farmers that were real, they were early adopters. They were really interested in the tech. And this was this gee whiz flying robot thing. And, and, <laughs> and, and, and so, and so they, they really like every new technology you have this early adopter phase. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really evolved to a point where um, on the university research side, they're not so much trying to prove out can this aerial robotics thing work and be useful? Now it's it's for them. It's become just another tool in the toolbox to go get research grade information over their trials and plots. Right. Uh, on 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 the um, grower side and and with farmers, you still have the early adopters that that like the technology and they're kind of playing around with their fun toys. But <laughs> but 
where it's become a much more, um, I guess, useful tool has been more on the agronomy side, more on the advisor side, you know, on up the advisory chain from the grower, whether that's um, seed dealers, independent agronomists, uh, or, or even at the, you know, corporate agronomy side where it's, it's corporate researchers, um, you know, developing new seed, developing new treatments, um, developing new planting practices, uh, equipment manufacturers, et cetera. So they're, they're using it again. It's another tool to, to, to take measurements in the field, right? I mean, mm -hmm. um, digital agriculture or precision agriculture going back a couple decades or a few decades when, when that was the, the, um, you know, more popular way to think of it yeah. is it, it's a, it's a practice and it's a technology that has been really starving for data, starving for, for information. Mm -hmm. And so that's really where Sentara is, uh, is focused on. Now we have a lot of different kinds of digital tools that we can bring together to bring in different types of data. Um, and aerial imaging around stand count is just one of many, uh, possibilities there. So thinking about some of those other possibilities, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure that there are some other use cases, you know, not even getting into the fertility management side, but maybe even thinking about for insurance purposes, right? Mm -hmm. Like if we have green snap or wind damage, hail damage, are there some algorithms that Sentara offers to help support some of those uh, activities out there in the field? Yeah, certainly, certainly we do. And, and that's done through, um, you know, early season is going to be if, you, if it's has to do with emergence, uh, issues. Um, I mean, I know a lot of folks got in the ground here in the Midwest um, mm -hmm. recently and <laughs> had a big snowstorm yesterday. Rolled yeah. through uh, some states <laughs> that weren't real, weren't expecting that. Right. Um, so, so going out and doing a stand count is one method for doing that. And 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 we have quite a few of our customers are on the insurance side and are using this as another way to make measurements and to and to quantify. Do we? You know, are there enough acres? impacted to to you know to meet that threshold where where insurance payment would be worth it um, likewise on the grower side themselves they might want to be doing an independent measurement or assessment of what happened on their field and, and right. take it to their adjuster and and that what's what's beautiful about an, you know a map an aerial image from the uh, an aerial image is it can be something that you as a grower and your um, you know agent on the insurance side can look at and it's a it's just a third you know, it, 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 it doesn't have an opinion. It's just data. It's just a map and there's a picture and there's what it is. And, you, you know, you, it's easy to just look at the data, come to an agreement and it, it doesn't become, um, you know, I'm sure there's some emotion involved at some point, but it, but it doesn't become an opinion. It, it's, it's, right. it's, you're making decisions based on facts and, and at least better or more, more data. Um, mm -hmm. So same thing later in the season, if it's going to be hail damage or wind damage, uh, we often will use, you know, for that kind of image, um, imagery and assessment, uh, we, we like to kind of lean towards the multispectral mm -hmm. side of the world. So looking at cameras mm -hmm. that are looking at different wavelengths of light that the human eye can't necessarily see. And typically you're looking at near infrared light um, mm -hmm. and, and doing something that a lot of people refer to as NDVI or, or normalized difference vegetation index. And I think a lot of people have heard of that in agriculture. Some are very familiar with it if they've used it a lot. Yeah. Um, it, NDVI is, it's, it's a broadly useful tool. It, it's a good indicator of plant health and biomass. Um, it's not some magic silver bullet that tells you every little thing that's wrong with your field, yeah. mm -hmm. but in terms of a crop damage situation, it's often a pretty good indicator because it's going to find where are the broad areas of, of reduced um, biomass, re reduced plant health. 
uh, you know, as a result of some type of um, weather event or other damage that occurs. Mm-hmm. So we'll make a map based on that. Look at that, break that map into zones, measure out the areas that, that have the, the, the changes over time from before and after an event. And then that can be useful in terms of, uh, uh, you know, e- either a yield prediction or a um, insurance claim or, you know, other types of uses that you might need need to know that type of information for. Do you mind telling us a little bit about the field agent platform and maybe just some aspects of how that differs from the stand counts? Yeah, so field the field agent software platform is really Centera's um, digital agriculture platform overall. And so it, it offers, um, you know, one of the things that we offer with, with field agent is the ability to um, capture stand counts, get, get stand counts, um, get stand, capture stand count imagery, run the algorithms and, and, and develop those, those analytics and output up, up pops account for your field and a map of where all the measurements were made and all those other details. Mm-hmm. But that's just one, that's just one small capability that's built into the overall mm-hmm. platform. So, mm-hmm. the, so the platform on its own does things like brings in satellite imagery as well. And so you, so it serves up satellite imagery for your, you know, really well it's 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 for everywhere on the globe at the moment and it's satellite imagery that's you know color imagery and your your multi-spectral imagery so ndvi um, red edge imagery etc mm-hmm. so it's available everywhere it, it brings in weather data it brings in soil data from sort of global sources for that and and then based on a lot of all those things it can develop and push out notifications so if you've got a field and you say, hey, this is my field and it was planted on you know, April 15th, it, it's gonna start tracking the, the, the season based on April 15th and it's gonna track the weather, it's gonna track growing degree days or, or growing degree units or heat units as some people refer them to. <laughs> yeah. And it's gonna kind of say, all right, that was corn and here's, it's just gonna get to my 250 or 300 heat units and it's gonna say, give you a notification that says, hey, we think you're at uh, V2 growth stage might be time to go do a stand count hmm. and you can go do that main a hand stand count if you want or if you had a drone you could go take your drone out and go do a stand count or if you were you had a, a service provider that you wanted to hire to go capture that imagery for you you'd call them up and send them out there um, or maybe you're using the tool as part of your agronomy services and you know that all your clients each of their fields has reached a certain growth stage it's time to go out and do a do a drone flight or or send the intern out and have them you know, put the tape measure out and count by hand, right? Yeah. So there's, um, uh, so, so the notifications is a big piece of it. Uh, weather events, you know, hail, um, unusual months of rain and wind, those will pop up throughout the season as well, might trigger a scouting event. Um, and we're working a lot on a lot of new sort of features that'll be coming out in the future related to more passive monitoring. Um, so passive monitoring of plant health, as an example, or mm or pe- passive monitoring of other aspects throughout the field that would, would cross queue and trigger trigger events that might might cause you to go do a scouting sure. or might cause you to go do some other action in the field based on that. So in that way, satellite is kind of becoming more of like a triage layer than it is uh, an informative layer then, right? Yeah, that's absolutely right. Yeah, it's passive. It's, it's always there. Um, it's gotten a lot better over the last decade or so in terms of availability of that type of information. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still not high enough resolution where you're going to count plants. And in fact, if you know uh, much about physics and optics and telescopes and the rest, it's, um, 
uh, that, you know, there's going to have to be some fundamental changes in the size of the rockets that we're launching right now to be able to get those that size of satellite up there with a big enough <laughs> telescope hmm. to look down and count plants. But sure. Uh, maybe someday. Uh, <laughs> I might be retired by then. We'll see. <laughs> so, but the, uh, um, but it is going to do. It is going to monitor the field, uh, and it is going to monitor you know kind of conditions on the ground. And um, if, when you combine that with you know weather information, soil information, planting date, and history over the course of the season, it becomes a pretty useful tool. And to be able to automate a lot of that information, and then. And trigger, you know, trigger events, trigger notifications um, help, you know, kind of help you out. Do you mind, I think earlier you mentioned about how the stand count data can go into John Deere Center or Command Center or to Climate. So does field agent also communicate with those or is that, are they more similar softwares that you wouldn't need to, I don't know if I'm explaining that correctly, but like you wouldn't need to this is yeah, connect the, the two of yeah. them. Yeah. Can you yeah. like clarify that a bit for me, how that works? Absolutely. Okay. So our whole deal is we are not trying to compete against either of those types okay. of those <laughs> companies or platforms at all. Uh, I mean, Centera Field Agent is designed to be another tool in the toolbox that actually connects to those tools. And we, we when we started, I'll take a, st- a half step back. We started Centera with a, with a foundation of technology in sensing and imaging sensors and kind of hardware. And we, we had a lot of experience with UAVs and knew how to take this small lightweight hardware and mount it onto flying platforms. We're based in the Midwest, we're uh, Centera's headquarters in Minneapolis, St. Paul area in Minnesota. Um, when we started the company, we looked around us, you know, we looked to the north, we looked to the south, we looked to the east, looked to the west, and it's corn and soybeans a thousand <laughs> miles in every direction. And, yeah. and uh, I mean, growing up in there, we all kind of knew that too. So it, it, um, it, we were in a good spot to focus on agriculture. So we took this technology and started adapting it for agriculture. But we also recognized that, that a ton of information that you capture in the early days of drones in particular would just die on the SD card. Uh, you fly it, you've got thousand images over your field. Well, now what are you <laughs> going to do with all this stuff? So, mm-hmm. so we started developing Field Agent as a software platform to solve that problem as step one. How hmm. do you manage, organize all this data that a drone collects collects in an easy way. And then we said, now that we can manage and organize it, can we start to do useful things with that imagery mm-hmm. right there on the platform? But even if we could, if we do a use, uh, some useful thing right here on the platform with that imagery and get, some, get a map or get some type of measurements or numbers that we take in a field, uh, then what? You know, really we need to get that to somewhere else. <laughs> we need to get that to the grower. We need to get that to some larger system that's going to ingest that and aggregate it with other information. And so we, so our goal from day one was to how do we integrate with the other digital platforms that are in the, in the marketplace and how can we find our place? Our niche is sort of the in-season insights, in-season relevance. Um, you know, how can we, we can do, take remote sensing information, get a result, get a measurement, get a piece of information. And then on, on the back end through some, you know, digital, uh, you know, APIs or application programming interfaces, what they're called. And, and when, mm-hmm. when one company that has a software platform wants to talk to another company that has a software platform, they, they, you know, <laughs> get in a room behind the scenes, the software <laughs> folks, and they figure out, they figure out how it all talks together. And they mm-hmm. say, well, you know, here's how we'll exchange information back and forth. And <laughs> typically they set that up in a secure way that makes, makes that all safe and, yeah. and uh, protects privacy and all the rest. And then it exchanges the information back and forth. 
Um, <clears throat> so we push those stand counts or we push high resolution images and, and maps or we, or we can pull um, field boundary and field information out of some of those systems into Centera Field Agent. So there's an exchange back and forth and we try to make it as easy and seamless as possible. Um, you know, a big, a big push, a big focus of ours is how do you make the technology easy, mm -hmm. right? How do you make it so it just runs on the iPad that you have sitting there um, mm -hmm. that you're doing half your other work on already anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there's a there's a ton of value in that. And, uh, you know, farmers love to be able to have their data transfer between a lot of platforms. And we've talked a lot about how having a unified platform is something people talk about, but there's so many challenges to getting there. So having that sharing is, I guess, the next best thing. Yep. We've talked a lot about where Sentara has been, how it's grown, what y'all are doing right now that's that's innovative. Can we kind of shift the conversation a little bit to more future looking? What are you excited about that is kind of on the forefront of what Sentara is looking at right now? And what might we see from Sentara here in the next few years? Sure. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's you know, some technology that we're really um, been pushing heavily, developing heavily, I should say, over, over the last several years that it, that's just we've had in, in trials and in pilot programs, and we're just starting to roll out in a broader way. And one of those has to do with um, weed detection and, and precision spraying, you know, spot spray type applications. Mm -hmm. And, and that's the type of thing where um, really more on the near term, like the technology is, but we've been developing it for a number of years and it's now ready to roll out and, mm -hmm. and, you know, is ready to be used more broadly um, mm -hmm. across the, uh, across the country really. And, and you know that that's a that's a thing where um, you know we we using very high resolution imagery we capture over the field. Typically, it's with a drone flight. Although um, in some cases we've worked with with um, manned pilots, you know, flying real airplanes with big cameras. But you, you make a map of the field. We use similar algorithms that I mentioned before about doing the stand counting and planting to figure out where the real plants are, where the crop is, mm -hmm. and then we figure out where there's other things growing that aren't the crop, right? <laughs> and yeah. uh, uh, and we identify those as weeds, and then we and then we using GPS and other sensors on board the aircraft, we really we highly accurately figure out where each weed is on the map. Um, so each weed gets identified, and each weed gets a location. Um, and in many cases, we try to get that to RTK GPS accuracy from by using some sort of RTK GPS system that would be built into the platform, whether it's a drone hmm. or, or something based on the, on the ground that's comparing those measurements. Yeah. And we generate that map, um, find all the weeds, put a little buffer zone around each weed and create a spray, spray prescription. And, hmm. it's, and then we'll create that directly in the, in the format that goes onto the piece of equipment. Wow. Uh, so it depends on if you're using a, a, you know, a John Deere system or a Raven system or a, uh, a Trimble or a Capstan yeah. or all these other systems that are kind of out there on the market um, yeah. that, that have this capability to do precision, nozzle by nozzle uh, control to, you know, RTK GPS accuracy. So, you know, within inches where you are on the field. Sure. And once you put all that stuff together, and it really is a combination of all these things coming together where you can finally get to get to the point where you might go out on a field and, and, spray just where all the weeds are. This might be in a post-emergence application or something mm -hmm. like that, right? Yeah. But spray right. just yeah. where all the weeds are and uh, save, you know, I think we typically say, you say you could save on average 60, 70%. And 
that's real. Like we've mm-hmm. actually shown on average on the tens of thousands of acres, or we're probably pushing a hundred thousand acres at this point that we've done this on. Um, that's the average over all those acres. And it, it's, uh, I forget the real number. It might be 71% or something like that. Wow. Herbicide savings. So it's significant. I mean, it's very significant. And that's, what's exciting about that is that that is a, that is a story of how do you use this technology that immediately equals dollars. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. everybody knows exactly how much they're paying uh, for, for that tank on a per gallon basis. And so if you're, you know, if you can save 70% of that, you can, everybody can do that math, <laughs> figure, <laughs> figure out the benefit there. And it's not necessarily just about um, saving money on, on spraying, but it could be about changing the conversation around to, Hey, can we use different, um, different chemistries at this point? You know, mm-hmm. the fact that we're going to be spraying less, it makes it affordable to use a different type of, a different option. Sure. Um, and so that becomes a, a whole different conversation that, that, that can come, come to being. So that, that's an area that's really exciting for us and that we're really uh, heavily investing into and pushing forward in the, in the future and, tra- and bringing to market. I can imagine. Um, longer term beyond that, it's going to be kind of, I touched on earlier, um, a lot of the passive monitoring type, hmm. type things. So what can you do passively with, uh, with broad acre, broad, I mean, Broad acre meaning across an entire region or state, mm-hmm. satellite imagery, weather data, other um, other sensor information that might be out there and is available, and then bringing all that up together, but but then run, running algorithms that apply would apply locally, apply just to what is happening within a certain field boundary, right? Mm-hmm. Um, sure. And using that type of information to to, to kind of get a whole full season story of what's happening in the field with lots of different measurements. Yeah. And then in, in those cases that might, you know, really it's all about triggering scouting events or triggering other decision points that they can help you out. Yeah. The potential there is incredible. It just, I don't know. It's very yeah. exciting to hear. Um, but going back to planting technology, can you talk a little bit about where current adoption is for UAB, UAV-based um, decision-making technology is? So where are we currently at? I know earlier you mentioned like these two camps of kind of adoption, but um, and where do you think that adoption is going to go within the next five years? Yeah. So, um, I, I mean, I'd say that the, 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 the interest and the level of adoption has been growing exponentially over the last just couple growing seasons, even really, there's even the last two years that it's, it's, it's a combination of the technology and accuracy hit a tipping point where, yeah, it really does work now. Um, and, and then it's, and now it's a matter of getting out in the field and using the, using the new tools, right? Who, yeah. how, how do we use these? How do you use the new tools? How do you build it into your business? And, and so the demand has been high and the growth has been, has been, um, you know, great. Hmm. Uh, it, we, but having said all that, it's still early days. <laughs> it's hmm. still, it's still like right at the beginning of the adoption curve, to be honest, hmm. uh, for, for, for aerial imaging based staying counting. When we, when, I mean, Probably a lot of people have looked at this uh, in the technology space in agriculture, but you, but you can look at the adoption curve or the adoption rate of auto steer as an example. Mm-hmm. And what were the technology? What were the factors that came into play? What was the basic shifts in 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 technology or available technology in the industry? And when did that happen? And when did that eventually make its way onto you know tractors that were being manufactured? And when does the how does that adoption curve 
uh, look like. Hmm. Auto steer starts getting adopted in the early aughts, uh, and it, it was about a decade, about 10 years, and it went from, uh, it depends on the curves you look at, but went from 10% adoption to 90% adoption in about a decade. Wow. That's incredible. And now it's used, you know, it's fundamental to mm-hmm. right, what, it, what is done in agriculture today on a production scale. I think that we're on it now is, I guess, the moral of the story. Mm-hmm. And here we are, you know, five, six, seven years later, it's finally getting to that stage <laughs> where, where, that, where, the, where the, the cost, the ease of use, the reliability, and the capability are all coming together. And, and so we're starting to see the adoption of, you know, and I'd say stand count is really the thing that leads the way. Um, there was an interesting quote we had from one of our customers that that was uh, really um, somebody who's been really engaged in the drone industry with agriculture for a long time. And the the quote I always remember is they said, Satara stand counts is the first thing that will that that I've seen with drones in agriculture that will actually save a grower money. You know, and I was like, oh, can I write that down? That's right. <laughs> you got to keep that one. Exactly. exactly. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's amazing. Yeah, thanks. You know, that was three years ago they mentioned that. So, um, but but that really has been leading, leading the way. Hmm. And and what we found at Centera is that it's not just about the drones. You know, the drones is just a tool. It's just a tool to carry a sensor around. And it's not just about measuring it that way. Um, it's about combining that with other information and and telling the story of what's going on in the field over the season and 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 gaining gaining insights and and getting to a getting to actual like meaningful decision points and having data to make a decision that you know based on that information sure Mm -hmm. so if we have any listeners out there who are you know maybe farmers students researchers anything like that who are wanting to go and find more resources about centera and learn more about some of the stuff we've talked about today where would you direct them? Where where should they go to learn a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, obviously we've got a website, right? So you can yeah. go to our website and you can check that out. Um, you know, we've got a YouTube channel full of all sorts of YouTube videos. Um, some of the newer ones are probably better than the older ones. <laughs> but you, but you, if if you really want to uh, get a you know see the progression over time, you can see the quality of our YouTube videos evolve <laughs> over, over the last seven years. Um, yeah, it, and. It, you know, so, so that's a good place to start. Um, but obviously we, we have, uh, you know, you can always call our, you know, what, one, eight, what is there's one, eight, four, four Centera, you know, call the 800 number, send us an email, um, uh, get a hold of us on, on social media, et cetera. I mean, any way that works well to, to reach out, please do. Awesome. And Todd, we like to end each episode with, can you give one piece of advice to our listeners when it comes to UAB-based scouting or decision-making? Yeah. I mean, the, <laughs> really, the piece of advice is don't be afraid of the tool. Uh, don't be intimidated by it. Um, res- respect it, but also realize that it's just another tool. It's just one tool that you can add to your toolbox. Um, there isn't anything magical about the UAV. It's not going to solve every little problem you've ever had. And anybody that says, you know, it will is, you know, obviously you're going to take that with a grain of salt. Right. But there are actual good uses for it. And, you know, so don't be afraid to go try it out and see if you can start utilizing some of these, some of the things you can do with UAV-based imaging in your business or in your practice. Thank you very much to Todd Colton of Sentara for joining us for this episode of the Farm Bits podcast. I really enjoyed having that conversation. I thought he did a great job of explaining a lot of technical information in a way that was pretty easily understandable, very clear. Um, I really loved his insights about how satellite and drone technology can combine 
to create much better insights for growers on the back end. You typically think of those technologies as being like diametrically opposed, <laughs> right? But instead, they're really, you know, pretty, pretty cohesive technologies that when used together can enable a lot more than what we think. Yeah, they each have their own strengths and weaknesses and mm -hmm. it's cool that they're combining them for sure. Yeah, I think my favorite part was the conversation about the return of this technology, like the return to the producer with this technology. So we've been looking at, you know, satellite imagery or drone imagery for a long time. Mm -hmm. uh, I've had a grower tell me that they're just looking at pretty maps. It doesn't mean anything. So I love any time that they talk about really that return to the producer with if whether that's yep. the stand counts or the weed management and what that can really mean to dollars in their pocket. So yeah. Um, so with that, thank you so much for joining us. We hope you will join us again as we start our nitrogen management series starting next week. Thank you for taking the time to join us today on the Farm Bits podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts to be informed about the latest content each week. We welcome your feedback. So if you have comments or questions for us, please reach out to us over email, on Twitter, or in the review section of your favorite podcast platform. Our contact information can be found in the show notes. We'd like to thank Nebraska Extension for their support of this podcast and their commitment to providing high quality informational material to the members of the agricultural community in Nebraska and beyond. The opinions expressed by the hosts and guests on this podcast are solely their own and do not reflect reviews of Nebraska Extension or the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. We look forward to you joining us next week for another episode of Farm Bits.